Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Privilege and joy to be with you today and give me a thumbs up or a wave if you're happy and excited to be here this morning. It's just nice to be out, isn't it, eh? It's just, uh, I, I was dead excited. I was in a context uh, just, just last week and I'd only gone from Derbyshire to Nottinghamshire and I was like a kid in a candy shop. It was just exciting to <laughs> get in the car and drive a few miles and just get somewhere and it really is good to be here and it's good to sense the presence of God amongst us. That's the most important thing and uh, I, I'm, I was reflecting this morning that it's probably been, um, you know, certainly well over a year that, that Phil and I have had the privilege of leading and preaching and he's led me in or whatever and that just shows you, doesn't it, how long and uh, this has been. But it's good to be together. I'm excited to be able to share something of God's word with you and what I want to do, uh, if I may, is really just uh, I want to preach, so for 30 minutes I'm going to preach, but I also want to share some principles. It feels a bit novel actually, me being able to wander around a little bit because I've been told by the camera crew to just stay where I am and I've been very, very compliant, haven't I, Eleanor, but I'm going to wander a little bit uh, today if that's, if that's good. So I want to, you know, preach, but I also want to lay some principles around uh, vision. Is that Okay. I know you're not allowed to say yes, but uh, there you are. We're break, breaking every rule. Okay, let me just give you a, a text that has really blessed me and encouraged me over the years. Mark 16, and please, I'd encourage you, if you've got a notepad and pen, to take notes on what I want to share. And I really just pray that something of God would just capture, recapture our hearts with regards to vision. And this is what he says in Mark 16, verse 20. And the disciples went out and they preached everywhere. And then he says these words. These are really important. While the Lord worked with them. I love those words. Just underline that. While the Lord worked with them. The Lord worked with them. I know I can't ask you to repeat it, so I'll do it. While the Lord worked with them. You see, we don't work alone. The Lord works with us. And it says there, and God confirmed the message by accompanying signs. This is a promise, this is a truth to stand upon. You see, as they went about the Father's business, living for his mission and vision on earth, the Lord worked with them. This is a promise that we can carry 21 centuries later, because we are the people of God that God has called and the Lord has commanded us to go everywhere. And as we go, the Lord will work with us and he will confirm his word with signs following. And this has been our journey over many, many years in Arena Church. God has confirmed his word. It's amazing. We, we, we saw last Sunday the highlights in a global pandemic, and yet God has continued to help us. God has continued to move us forward. They are signs accompanying. These are the, the sense and the nod of heaven upon our church. I take that very seriously. When we see God at work, when opposition comes, I sense that God's with us because there's always a challenge to vision, yes. But when I see success and favor, I recognize that that is from God. That is not of our own. And that is the nod of heaven. And if you have the nod of heaven on your life at the moment, you need to thank God for it. That is the signs accompanying the Lord working with you. I hope you've got that. And of course, our vision 
which is all gathered around, is to go and grow and to love and serve our world. We really do. We want people to know God. We want people to find freedom. We want people to discover their purpose. And we want people to go and make a difference. We know that God is working with us. We don't say that arrogantly. The Lord is at work amongst us. But it's essential that we remind ourselves of our vision. You see, a God-ordained vision is always compelling, clear, and direct. I'll say that again. A God-ordained vision is never complicated. If it's overly complicated, I start to scratch my head and think, what is God on about? God is very, very clear. He's compelling and he's direct. But often in the context of church, and I am too grateful. You know, I often say to people, because I live in this area, I, I, I would come to this church even if I wasn't a leader of it. I would, because the vision draws me in. I'm grateful that there's many people who've also made that decision. But even in a vision-fueled church, it's easy for us to lose sight of, of, what, of what God is wanting to do. And this is why it's necessary every year for us to refuel, to re-see, to re-dream, because vision leaks. Vision leaks from our lives. And particularly in a global pandemic over these last 14 months, it's been tough. I'll come on to that. It's been tough for everybody in so many different ways. And we can easily just lose the sense of fresh vision. In fact, vision can become very stale, can't it? Very rigid. We can become aimless and hopeless. Phil, in the introduction, already mentioned a verse in Proverbs 29, verse 18. It's really important. Please make a note of it because it says there, where there is no vision, people perish. Another version says, where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. Here's another version. They say, where there's no vision, we're like wild horses. That is why you see, like it's some churches like the Wild West. <laughs> They're shooting everybody. I mean, it's just like, you know, they're walking into the inn and the water there. Get off your house and drink it. <laughs> it's just wild. It's, and Phil's been there. And, and, we, and he's trying to help some of these wild pastors. <laughs> we're, not, we're not in for that. We have a clear sense of, we're not saying we've got the full counsel, we wouldn't be as arrogant to that, but we're just hearing the heart of God. God, what have you got for us? And even in the vision, which I'll, uh, um, video that I'll, I'll come back to with my last point, honestly, we just get a sense of God speaking to us. I, for one, want to be filled with vision because I want to continue to look to God, to take a stretch of faith, to go for something bigger then you and me, I say, and it's not just a nice catchy phrase. It came as a result of saying to, to, to our kids and then addressing really the context of, of arena. Because many people have a small dream. But what is the point of dreaming small? If you're going to dream, you might as well dream big. Can I raise a hand in the air? Yes, I believe. What is the point of just dreaming for something small? You know, we have one life to live. Some of you, the biggest risk that you took was marrying your partner. 
That's the bit, and that was no risk because they were as safe as houses, okay? What I'm trying to encourage us to do is just take, not reckless, but take some steps of faith for us to believe God in the midst of a global pandemic that God is going to continue to help us and we need to dream big in our, in our hearts. And the vision that God is wanting to give to us is beyond the realms of doable. If we can do it, why would we need God? Some of us are asking God to do things for us. And he says, why should I do it? You can do that yourself. Hello? God always comes through for me when I'm asking him to do something that's way beyond me. Way beyond my ability. Way beyond my capacity. Well, way beyond my wisdom and my strength. That's where we meet God. I've said to you many times before, where does God reside? God resides in the place called impossible. It's only as we step into those impossible realms. And some of you are finding that even in the context of your family. You've said to yourself, that's impossible. That's exactly where God dwells. Oh, that health issue. It's impossible. That's exactly where God dwells. In that church concept, context. That's exactly where God dwells. That's what we're reaching for. Oh, I've got something in my spirit. Some of you know that. That's exactly where God dwells. In the place called impossible. But God is wanting us as a church to keep moving. He's wanting us to go from here to there. And a compelling vision, as I said to you, has the power to move people, to shake nations, and to bring generational and transformational change. I believe that in this season, God is wanting, over the next four weeks, God is wanting to revive us, renew us, refuel us. Someone once said, a revived church is the only hope for a dying world. There's never been a greater truth than that statement. A revived church is the only hope for a dying world. This world is dying. Anybody been back in the workplace? Give me a wave if you know this world is dying. Your neighbors, it's dying, it's perishing. I mean, they may not be literally dying, but they're just hopeless. They have no clue. They think they're going to get out of this when they can get a foreign holiday and everything's going to be all right. It won't. That doesn't solve all social ills, does it? There's only one who changes a life and can change a life forever, and his name's Jesus. And we have that message that we can carry into this dying world. So I want to encourage you, as you lean in, for us to be revived, to be renewed, for us to receive, for us to redream, for us to reimagine. Because this, world, this year has been very, very hard. Anybody here felt despondent? Just raise your hand over this last 14 months. Come on, let's have some honesty and some vulnerability. I know we're amongst them all. Anybody felt despondent? Anybody felt discouraged? You can leave your hand up if you felt these. Anybody been despairing? Anybody dismayed? Okay, there's many, many hands. And my too. The answer is look up. Look up. The Bible says to us, do not weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. You see, over these last 14 months and even before that, and even into our future, we've been working hard, we've been praying, we've been serving, we've been encouraging, we've been calling out to God, and we've been looking forward, and it's not wasted. None of it is wasted. You know, our prayers, they may seem like they've gone unanswered, but they don't have expiry dates. <laughs> I'll preach messages, Phil, and others who've preached the word. 
could seem like they're falling on hard ground. But the Bible tells us they will not return void. Oh, our good works to the family of God and to the poor and to our locations may seem seemingly insignificant at times, but they do not go unnoticed. God notes, heaven notes all that, is, all, all that we have been doing over this time. And I want to encourage you to expect the unexpected, to believe for the unbelievable and for the unprecedented to become the precedent. Yes, that is what we're believing for. So as I step into these four things that I just want to simply share with you, I want to, I want to encourage you to be the fuel, to be the fuel of revival. Because God needs some fuel on the fire. And the fuel he's looking for is you and I. And how can we present ourselves? Well, in vision, a willingness to surrender, to be obedient, to get involved, and to be all in. Yes? That is what God's simply asking. He's not asking you to do what you can't do. He's just asking you to do what everybody can do. Surrender, lean in, submit, be all in to what God wants to do in our lives. And so I want to look at four particular areas. And if you had a pad and pen, some of you have, just draw a square. I've asked the, every location to do it. Just draw a square. And then within the square, I want you to just put a cross. So you've got four squares. And we're just going to look at these four things very simply. And they're going to roll out over the, the next four weeks. So they're just going to be headlines that I'm going to bring to you. And they're all P's. I was really just trying to be a real blessing to our teaching pastor and our location pastor here, Phil Pye. He loves the peas, as you can tell with his surname, Philip Pye. He loves the peas. <laughs> First P, people and groups. I say that because Jesus never lost sight of people. It's been the most tragic thing over this last 14 months, hasn't it? Because it's the very thing we've not been allowed to do. Yes? Some of you are nodding. Mixed with people. Have you missed it? Yeah, so have I. So have we. That's why it's important that we gather safely. And I'd encourage you, if you're really enjoying these services and they're full of life to me, you need to tell your neighbours, say it's a safe environment and get, get, get booked in. Because as restrictions are still there, we'll go to two services, guys. We'll do what we need to do to make it work. We need people to be coming and gathering. We want people to feel comfortable. We don't want to feel People feel cajoled. We want people to gather. Because I want to go back to you and say this to you. People are the most important thing of any vision. And Jesus never lost sight of people. I get sad when some get caught up. Some pastors who I know that got caught up with and consumed with projects. Now projects are important. But we have to understand the why of the project. The why of the project is always people. And if it isn't, then it's usually building for somebody else's glory and somebody else's praise. We're, we're, Arena Church, we want to be all about people. We long for this building to be filled to overflowing. We long to clog the traffic. We're already doing it in this area. We long to reach more people, to go from hundreds to thousands. Can I raise? A, well, I can't, but yeah. That's and why we want to do that. It's not that so so we can uh, on, a, on a billboard, aren't I looking great here? I'm the pastor or Phil there and the strutting stuff. No, no, we want to do it because we, we love people. We want people to be redeemed. We want people to be served. We want people to be helped. People from all different walks of life. And Jesus never lost sight of that. 
We've got 16 buildings. Some of you know that. Take a lot of work, a lot of administration, a lot of maintenance. But let me tell you, we've never lost sight why we need those buildings. Those buildings are always there to house, you've guessed it, people. So this building here, we thank God for it, but really, if we lost sight of it, Neil, who's one of our long-standing elders here, if, Neil, if we lost sight of this, we might as well sell it. If, if we lose sight of why we're doing this, why we're gathering the mix and the leases, and the, we, the, what's the point of it? It's about people. It's about the Jills. Hey, yes, and the Gordon and Jones at the back there. It's about people. It's about people. We need money. But that's only to serve the people. It's not so we've got a huge bank balance. Let me tell you, if you've got a huge bank balance, that's just that God's blessed you. But let me tell you, we'll all have to give an account even for the money that we've had in this world. And I honestly believe that we should leverage it. I'm not saying you give it all away unless the Lord's telling you otherwise. But, you know, because, and be reckless and daft. But what I am saying is leverage it for the blessing of the kingdom of God. What is the point of having it there? Listen, we don't want big bank balances. Julie hasn't been praying into that. We, this is the biggest balance we've ever had for a long, long, long time. God's been so good to us, but we haven't lost sight. We're plotting, we're working through what this is going to be used for. It's going to be used for people. We need equipment and cars and machinery, but you've guessed it. What is it for? To reach people. We need Apple Macs. We need video projector units. We need cameras. I mean, when they told us how much the new camera was going to be, I was gulping until they said, actually, we could get a far more expensive one. I said, no, that one will do. The, the cheaper one will do. But you've guessed it. We didn't get a camera because we wanted to look good and sweet and try to make, I mean, I wish there was a camera that could make me like, you know, like a, you know, a slimmed down version of Christian. That would be awesome. It's called Photoshopping, by the way, guys. It's not allowed but anyway that, that, that would be great but we haven't lost sight of why they're there is to reach people have you got it it's all kinds of people Jesus gathered people to himself he was moved with compassion those who were harassed those who were stressed those who were hopeless and those who were broken he gathered them I listened to something recently a North American pastor and he said the past 14 months has fueled people's pain. And he said, pastors, what you need to do is you need to look for people who are in pain and go and serve and help them. People have been battered by the storms of pandemic and life's challenges. And Jesus, and he is here today because he's here in his church, would say, just go after people. So, in Ilkeston and across the locations, this means we're determined to engage evermore the unique needs of our communities. We have a unique community in Ilkeston. I, I, I'm not happy to see your friends and family lost and broken and aimless. I'm not happy to see the needs of our, of our town where they are. I'm determined, guys. Will anybody join with me? I'm determined to go and make a difference with fresh enthusiasm, with fresh vision in my heart, to go and make a difference to this world. We want to love and serve and feed more people. We want to lift up our friends and our neighbors and our towns and our cities, and we want to go for souls. That's an old phrase. We want to go for souls. We want to take more. I, I love the, the, the old evangelist, Reinhold Bonnke, who's now in glory. He used to talk about populating heaven and plundering hell. 
And we want to go after souls. May God help us to go after souls. The rich, the poor, the black, the white, the young, the old. I don't care who they are. To just go after people in Jesus' name. But also we want to look at groups quickly. Because it's important that we gather. But can I just say to every one of us, if you're not in a small group, it's really important you get in a group. Over the last, I guess, five weeks, we've literally had nearly a dozen groups launch in one shape or another, which is fantastic. But out of the six, seven hundred people collectively across Arena Church, there's still many who are not in groups. And we can still connect through Zoom. We want to encourage people to gather. We want groups to be a place where you, you, you know and are known. A place of connection, a place of protection, a place to grow and to learn. And we'd encourage you just simply as the people of God to get in a group, to gather with others beyond the larger gathering. And also other people to begin a group. Maybe that God's placed on your heart. One of our ladies had a real heart for uh, ladies and so she's launched a, a ladies group. Terrific. You know, just half a dozen to a dozen ladies. There's been other groups that have been launched most recently. Terrific. Just to gather people and to help people. So I want to encourage you to get in a group. If you've got that, people in groups. Second square. We won't spend long here to see his presence. We won't spend long here, not because it's not important. It's most important. But if you are new to Arena and you've not heard the ministry, I'd encourage you to go online and look at the podcast or go onto our YouTube uh, I think it's our channel, Arena Church channel. You can subscribe to it. We sound really fancy, don't we? Oh, very nice. Okay. But you can, you can listen to the messages again because we did a four-week series on the presence of God. We want His presence. We need His presence amongst us. Let me tell you, we have His presence amongst us. His presence is here. It was, it's here. And in his presence, we're changed. We're marked by the presence of God. And we become presence carriers into our world. We carry the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I heard uh, Tim preach two or three weeks ago. I said to him, it's the best I'd heard him speaking. It's not that he'd been terrible before, because I've never heard him terrible. He was great, but he great, brought a great message and really worked it around that. It's fantastic. I encourage you to listen to it if you didn't, if you didn't uh, hear it. But he encouraged us to carry the fruit of God wherever we are. And in his presence, we see the glory and goodness of God. Listen, church, we're a presence church. With presence carriers. We want his presence in our gatherings. We want his presence in our groups. We want his presence in our community work. Yes, we want his presence on the streets. We want it in our workplaces, the presence of God. And we want to fuel you in that. But thirdly, we also want to see his power. The third P is his power. To see his power. To see his powers. This means to know God's strength and might. Does anybody need that in this day? Oh, I know I do. I know I have done over this last season. I need to know the strength of God, the might of God, the power of God to be supernaturally natural in our everyday lives. It says in Acts chapter 4 and verse 33 that the apostles, the disciples, continued to testify with great power to the resurrection of the Lord. 
And listen, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. I love the fact that God works with us. His power is released through us, through our stories. Can I encourage you over this, over this year, over this next few weeks, you tell your story to your workmates, to your neighbors, how Jesus has helped you. It's powerful. Everybody's story is incredibly powerful. We're believing for the power of God to be released for healings. Can I hear an amen from people who, who are sick? Can, can, can we believe for breakthroughs and addictions? Can we believe for relationships to be restored and family feuds to be healed? And as I say this, I'm believing across the M1 corridor, but I'm also believing into Toulouse, France, that God's going to break out in that secular nation, and he's going to do something incredible in that very youthful city where Patrick and Lucille are, and they're going to see an outbreak of God in Jesus' name. But listen to me, a release of power comes as there's a release of prayer. Prayer and power are intrinsically linked 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. There's been a call over this last four months from our prayer and fasting season up to now. We've, we've heard it this morning, the upper Zoom, and I know numbers of you may not know what that is and how to get on. And if you're really struggling, just Talk to one of our team, pick up the phone and we'll help you with that. But there's others who have come on and then not now on. I, I want to encourage you, just come and join with us. Just for that half hour, there's something that happens as the people of God gather together in the best way we can at the moment. Can I encourage you on to first Tuesday? Don't think, oh no, that's not for me, I've had a hard day. We all have. But there's something that happens as you gather and as we pray and as we seek God's face. You see, in the place of prayer, faith comes. And one Christian writer, Corrie ten Boom, she said this, faith sees the impossible, believes the unbelievable, and receives the impossible. That sounds like vision talk to me. Faith sees the invisible, believes the unbelievable, and receives the impossible. And that again, that's the encouragement that we heard this morning, Phil, from you. We've got to take steps of faith whilst Praying. Can I encourage you to pray for the power of God to be released? And lastly, to see an outpouring of extravagant provision. I want to leave you just a verse and just a thought, and then I'm going to wrap it up. In Exodus 36, verses 4 through to 7, there's some of the most powerful generous generosity language and story that, that I think is in the entire Bible. That's a bold claim. Let me just take you to it. Moses is wanted to build out a place where God's presence would dwell. And he's wanted to be nice and excellent. And it's by God's design. So he has the vision of God. But this is what he does, Helen. He asks the people to finance the vision. And that's effectively what we're doing. You know, generosity is not a money thing. It's a discipleship thing. Every time. Provision, if provision gets on your nerves and hearing it in church, that tells me that there's an issue. You have an issue. Because God has no issue when it comes to money. And what he does, he comes, uh, Moses comes to the people 
and says, look, will you help us to build? This is the incredible thing. The people got the vision. Will you get the vision of what I'm trying to share? Around people, about leaving a legacy, about bringing change, about the power of God to be released, about the presence of God to be seen. Will you hear that? Because if you do, provision is not an issue. Because what happened was the people were so enamored by what Moses was sharing, the vision that God had given to them. And Moses has said, look, bring what you can and let's pick up the verses. In verse 4, he says this, all the artisans, all those who were working were at work, making everything involved in constructing the sanctuary came. And they came one after another to Moses saying, the people, get this, the people, or just get this, the people are bringing more than enough for doing this work that God has commanded us to do. Six to seven. So Moses sent out orders through the camp. This is amazing. He says, men and women, no more offerings for the building, building of the sanctuary. It's equivalent to me, guys, saying, listen, guys, please don't give any more to the ministry school. We don't need any more. Please don't give any more money to Arena Church. We're maxed out. We can't count enough. You're giving too much. That's what Moses was having to deal with here. And he had to order the people. The people were ordered to stop bringing offerings because there was plenty of material for all the work to be done. Enough and more than enough. I once heard a story from a pastor many, many years ago. He said, the, 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 all that you need is already in the house. So all that we need, all that we need, if we'll all collectively gather around this vision and our hearts are so touched by the vision of God, then all that we need, without any forcing, without any cajoling, we'll answer any questions. But as your hearts are moved, we begin to pour out generosity and provision and resource. And Julie, it'd be good for you to be able to then say to us, Christian, tell the people to stop giving. Because they've given more than enough. I really am believing if something's going to happen in the UK church, Phil knows I hold this conviction, we can pray all we want for revival, but until our hearts are touched with regards to our wallets, it's going to always be a tough time in Britain. I'm not asking us to be daft. I'm not asking us to, we're not after extravagance. We're not, we're not trying to be a North American church or an Australian, none of those things. But in the area of giving and generosity, many of those cultures that I've just addressed don't have a problem. And if we're going to see God do what he only he can do and see revival come, it's going to come as a result of the extravagant provision of the people of God. Every pound is noted by heaven. Every generous act, deed, written down and recorded. As we build God's house, he too will build our house. And it's powerful. We want to complete the work of Arena Ministry School. I've, I've maintained a conviction. Somebody in the Ilkeston location has the ability to write that check out and make that happen. We have the ability to do more and to go more and to touch more lives and leverage what we have for God's kingdom. Can I encourage you to gather around the vision? Do you receive it? No, no do, you really rece- do you receive it into your heart? Just give me a wave if you receive it into God's heart. It's all about 
people. His presence, his power, and the provision will add fuel to it to enable us to do so much more. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Don't allow us, don't allow me from the front to recognize everybody. There are some.